Hello from elsewhere. I'm Casey, and welcome to the first interview episode where I talk with a guest about the piece of fiction they love the most. I'm so, so excited to be joined today by someone who seems to have boundless creative energy. He's the co-host of Bacon and Eggs, a movie lover's podcast. He's also a musician, a traveler, and an amazing, amazing photographer, the one and only Ethan Edgehill. Hi, Ethan. Hey, Casey. Thanks for joining Super me Super stoked elsewhere. to be on this show right now. <laughs> I'm so I am, excited. I am so excited. I got up this morning and I was like, oh, it's the day I get to talk to Casey about Yay. things. <laughs> Yes, exactly. So I am very excited to be here. Awesome. Thank you so much for that lovely, lovely introduction. Oh, now I know yeah. what it feels like when we come on my show, and, and, <laughs> and or when people come on my show, and I'm like, this guest is the most amazing person that's ever lived. And, you just and they're like, oh, it. stop. <laughs> that's how I feel right now. Exactly. That was so lovely. Yeah, thank you for being here. I'm so excited. Ethan, is it safe to say that you are a lover of all types of fiction, books, movies, so on? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, fiction is sort of my entire mainstays I, I i have this thing that drives people crazy where i, I won't even read nonfiction. like I, I get so 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 bored by the current influx of like celebrity memoirs right. that everybody loves yeah <laughs> so i i am definitely a fiction guy i mean I, I get into the occasional documentary but as far as books go especially it's that's uh, it's it's fiction for me i'm a lover of all types sci-fi hard fantasy you know low fantasy whatever you want to call it I, I i love young adult fiction i love regular adult fiction whatever you want man right and then of course you have a movie podcast so I oh mean, yeah movies and stuff right <laughs> <laughs> but i'm excited because you chose a book for this question because i mean for one thing i don't know if you get sick of talking about movies but it, maybe it's a different speed for you or well i think that um Movies are sort of the thing that Tyler and I talk about. It's just sort of where our interest landed. Yeah. But like, I am, I am definitely a person that generally about nine times out of ten, if there's a, a book that is then made into a movie, I'm gonna prefer the book, and I will die on that hill usually. Right. <laughs> That's sort of the way I am. So it was, it was, it was my first love. You know, I, I there was this. I have the stereotypical like gifted kid story of like oh, I was reading at an advanced level before my age, and right. I have like a medal somewhere that says how good I was at reading. <laughs> <laughs> I feel it. I was a level purple in first grade, which was like unheard of to be a purple. I don't remember what the colors actually meant, but they, were, they I know gave that, me a purple sticker and I was like, all right, sweet. I know that like we were, we had like incentives and stuff for reading so many books and I ate like a lot of pizza <laughs> that I won by reading a lot of books. <laughs> That's amazing. Well then to go off of that, is there a movie that you like more than the book? Oh man. Um, there was one I just... Mm, it's okay. I'm, it was an off-the-cuff question. I was just curious. No, as soon as I started talking about book-to-movie adaptations, I had one in my head where I was like, except this case. <laughs> and now I can't for the life of me remember what that case is. Oh, man. Uh, I actually think one of them One of them is, um, is surprisingly, uh, Harry Potter and the, uh, the, the Prisoner of Azkaban. Oh, okay. Yeah. I prefer the movie to the book. Yeah, that's a, that's a hard one. That movie is, I mean... It's the Prisoner of Azkaban. It's so good. Well, yeah, I mean, it's just like, it's such an incredibly well done movie from a lot of aspects, but also like, to me, that's the book that the series can really do without. Like, you could have introduced Sirius Black in any situation in any of the books. I don't think that that whole thing needed its own book, and it's like the one outlier where there's no Voldemort involvement whatsoever. Right. I remember as a kid when I read that one, I didn't like it as much because there was no Voldemort. I was like, ah, it's okay, and... I wanted more Voldemort, so yeah, I totally, I totally feel that. Right, it's like it'd be one thing if if she left off again for another couple of books, but it was like we go right back to like next book. Voldemort's back. Sorry for all the spoilers of the. You know what? Actually, no, I'm not sorry. It's been it's been Harry a long Potter time. All the time. <laughs> I'm not sorry. <laughs> okay, what's your first memory of like a book or a movie? Like your first memory of a fictional story? 
My first memory of a fictional story would probably be um, my my mom, when I was really young, got me the first, like, collected Winnie the Pooh novel by A.A. Milne and would read it to me. And she had all these great voices for all the characters. And I never really connected with, like, the Disney animated movies as much, but it was... It was like there was this book and she read all these stories to me and I, I you know, I remember my, I, there's this great story about, I was trying to get my grandmother to read me one of the stories while my parents were out of town and she had to call up my mom to try to figure out which story I was talking about because all I would say was the one with the wriggling tablecloth. <laughs> and I, I don't remember this at all, it's just, it's sort of like a thing that other people have told me right. about myself, but it's like that is the earliest memories I can have of, of some sort of work of fiction is, is my mom sort of reading me that those stories out of that book. Yeah. Did your grandma do the voices or did... Did she not? Oh yeah, I'm, I'm sure she did. <laughs> I don't know. It's been like 20 years, but <laughs> I'm sure she did. I think that she was just frustrated because I couldn't figure out what story I wanted to. Hear. <laughs> because they had they had normal names that were well constructed and, and right. everything. Because none of them know, were called the regular tablecloth. <laughs> right. That's awesome. Okay, so the big question: What piece of fiction do you love above all others? So uh, this was actually. Uh, it was something that, like, as soon as you asked me this question, I realized that it was something I could spend all day thinking about and stressing about and trying right. to give you an answer. <laughs> but it came to me immediately. It's uh, it's it's American Gods by Neil Gaiman, which is a very, very long book. Extraordinarily, like, the audiobook's like 22 hours or something oh, like wow. that. I think the unabridged audiobook, yeah. Um, 22 hours. But it's it's for the sole reason that it was the first book in like a decade that challenged my idea of what my favorite book was. Mm. And it's it's a big meandering piece of well not meandering, that's that's negative. I guess actually no, in the introduction he refers to it as meandering, the author does. <laughs> but it's this it's this enormous tome of what I could affectionately refer to as road trip fiction. Which is sort of something I've always loved. I mean the the book that this replaced as my favorite book for me was Paper Towns by John Green, which is another piece of sort of coming-of-age seminal road trip fiction. It's about, you know, a, a lot of stories are, are, are about finding oneself through a journey, but this, this is literally a book about finding oneself through a journey that you can you can take. Like, you can get on the road and go to these places that are, are listed down in this book. Most of them are real. Some of them are not. One of them is about 20 miles from here, but I don't know where to find it. <laughs> One day. <laughs> well, it's it's um the the the, the story kind of involves uh, this large uh, ash tree, which which stands in um in in the case of of Norse mythology for the world tree, uh, um Yggdrasil or however you pronounce that. Um, it's a tree that exists in real life on a farm owned by Tori Amos, uh, who oh, wow. I believe is a musician. Yeah. Uh, who li- who has a farm outside of Blacksburg, Virginia, but it, nobody really knows where it is. It's not like <laughs> something she's advertising. Right, come see the tree. <laughs> and it's not like I can just go up and like, hey, um, hi, um, can I see the world tree, please? <laughs> and she'll say $500. And I, you know what? I would pay it, tell you the truth. <laughs> That's the impact this book has had on my life. But right. it's, I don't want to bother this nice woman who's just trying to live a solitary existence in Blacksburg. <laughs> That's amazing. It's funny that, because my next question was going to be to ask how hard was this question? Because I, I know it is kind of a hard question for some people. And I think I broke your co-host Tyler, when I asked him. Oh, sir, you certainly, certainly did. He texted me. He's like, Casey asked me which piece of fiction I love. (laughs) And I was like, yeah, he asked me too. And he goes, no, he asked me like four days ago and I cannot (laughs) exist. Yeah. His, his 
Twitter messages back to me. He was listing all these ones. Oh, I could talk about this. I could talk about this. And I'm trying to stay impartial because this isn't supposed to be about me. Like Valerie and I talk about the things we love and I want these interviews to be about something that um, maybe I'm not familiar with or, and maybe I I will be, but yeah. And then he, he like pulled Twitter to ask what thing he should talk about. So I think, I think I broke him a little bit. (laughs) Yeah, I think we could not have had, and I think those things are just sort of representative of Tyler and I. Right, and that was my first thought was, you said, oh, easy question, American Gods, and then Tyler's four days later, I, I don't I don't know, I don't know. It was wonderful. <laughs> and it's, it's not by any means the best book ever written. I don't even think it's Neil Gaiman's best book. Yeah. Um, he's, he's since, because it was the first one I read by him, and it's, he's since become one of, if not my favorite author, just surely by the way he writes, but it's... Just the first, like I said, it's the first one that challenged my idea of what my favorite book was in a long time. Yeah, well, and um, if you would just talk a little bit more about that, like what kind of impact did it have on you versus like whether it's the story itself or um, where you were in your life uh, at the point that you first read it? Well, so what's wild about it is the story is almost sort of completely unrelatable Mm. in almost every way to me. It's like I, I am not really... On, on the on the on the on the base level of like there's there's nothing about the protagonist there's nothing about the story that looks like my life at all but when I read it it was just sort of I and I can't necessarily even explain why but it was just what I needed to hear at that time I needed to I needed that reaffirming that there is sort of something out there for everybody how old how so old were you when you first read it oh it was like two years ago it was like oh, okay. uh, like maybe three years ago gotcha I don't. Know, I could probably go in my Audible library and figure out when I the bought exact it. Date. But <laughs> I'm just curious. Two or three years ago, so I was you know 23, 24. Yeah. Um. And and it was really it was the thing that like I had stopped. Now I go, this is obviously I go through and read the Harry Potter or listen to Harry Potter books about once a year. But other than that, I sort of stopped in taking books for a while. For a few years, it was just I was caught up in so many other things. I was delving in more into you know growing my musical knowledge. I was listening to a lot more podcasts. This is before we started the show, but I was listening to a lot more podcasts, listened to, to all kinds of things, and just I hadn't really picked up a book in, like, a long time. And I think it actually came at the recommendation of, I want to say it was Joseph Fink who created Welcome to Night Vale, which is mm. one of the first podcast I ever loved, except for Serial. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because everybody listened to Serial. I don't know <laughs> if you did or not, but it was, like, it was a phenomenon. I remember it being a thing, yeah. Yeah, it was just when it when it when the series season one of Serial came out, it was the biggest thing ever. But then I was like, podcasts, there might be something to this. Yeah, this is back in like 2012. But I think it was at his recommendation. I was just like, you know what? I've heard about this Neil Gaiman guy. He wrote one of my favorite episodes of Doctor Who. Uh, you know, I got to check this out. So I, I purchased this daunting audiobook, this full cast audiobook, and I was like, as soon as it started, I was like, okay, I'm into this. I'm back. I'm a book guy again. <laughs> so it wasn't even like. Like I said, I mean the story's great. It's 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 impeccably well told. The character is this sort of, or the protagonist is this sort of everyman type character, maybe almost to a fault, but it's like a self-addressed fault in the book. It's 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 complicated how how that whole thing works out. But yeah. he's he's sort of like a non-entity, just mm. existing through all this crazy stuff that's happening to him. Yeah. But it, it it didn't have anything to do necessarily with the story being relatable. It was just what I needed at the time to like make me think again about books. Yeah, so it kind of it wasn't just the book itself, but sort of you know it propelled you into into back into that world of fiction, kind of. For sure, I think it was like the third book or fourth book in my Audible library, and now there's like seventy. Yeah. In my Audible library, and That's I've awesome. read almost all of them or listened to almost all of them, 
I haven't actually listened to a book in a, in, in a hot second. No, that's not true. I just listened to Handmaid's Tale. But before that, I hadn't <laughs> listened to a book in, in a few months. Yeah. Just because I've been catching up and, 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 again, delving back into so many podcasts. Awesome. What What would you say that American Gods is, what is it saying? What is it saying about the world or about people, like on a thematic level? Why might it have resonance for a reader? Well, so the basic principle of this story, it's about a guy named Shadow Moon, uh, which is a big, you know, sort of fantasy type name which is crazy but he's just like a normal guy getting out of prison and basically he runs into sort of all of the different gods or god type figures that have ever existed in america he's run into sort of their american personality as people like they they exist in the real world as humans not humans but as like figures that can impact the world so like the first person he meets is he finds out later is like the Norse god Odin, the Allfather, who uh, takes him on this crazy, insane journey of, of self-discovery and self-destruction and self-repair and teaches him. You know, I, I don't even know that I know what it's saying yet. I've only I've only read it about six times. I think I'm going to need another six to truly figure out what this book is trying to tell me about the world. Yeah. But it's it's really just a simple message of of self-discovery of literally going on you know you could call it a spiritual journey but in this case it's a legitimate journey to get yourself from one place in your life to a place where you're happy american gods is one of those ones that's been on my list for a long time and i still haven't haven't got to it but i i I definitely will and i feel like it's in the air because after i asked you this question you told me uh, you wanted to talk about american gods i was like sweet and then it was just a few days later a good friend of mine just completely unrelated to my you know podcasting life just had been mentioning how how wonderful this book American Gods is and um which I thought was interesting too because she wasn't talking about the TV show which is kind of in the in the zeitgeist she was actually talking about the book and you had been talking about the book and so I was like okay it's it's in the air I have to read this book so the one the one good thing I can say about the TV show is that it has introduced a new group of people to the source material yeah yeah uh, the TV show is just not fantastic. Okay. <laughs> it's sort of it's sort of not very well made, and it's like they put the they put the second season out, and then like a month and a half later, Amazon put out the uh, was it Amazon? Amazon put out the Good Omens miniseries, which right. is Neil Gaiman and Terry Pratchett, right. which was just a hundred times better. <laughs> oh, poor American Gods TV show. How could they? It's just not great. <laughs> it's not terrible. And it's not one is it's not even one of those things where it's like oh they derived from the book so I don't like it right <laughs> it's just like I'm watching it I'm like this isn't good television it's not not only is are you are you defaming my story but it's also not good television <laughs> it's a but no I, fault. I I recommend this book to like everybody I meet I'm a huge proponent for it I shill for this book all the time and then I, I picked up Good Omens a good way is afterward and now that's sort of the the one that i i tell people first to listen to and or read out of the neil gaiman catalog just because it's a little bit sort of easier to get into a little more accessible a little more accessible and a little less it's it's a little more family friendly okay gotcha i i can in good conscience <laughs> recommend it to like an 18 year old or even a, a you know a 16 year old Whereas, like, I would never tell somebody... Obviously, I'm not going to tell anybody what to read. I read books that I should not have read when I was a child. <laughs> but, like... And I think that, that had a, a positive impact on my life. But, like, I would not tell a 15-year-old to read American God's 
it has some and there's scenes that I'm like you could just do without this entirely Neil what were you doing there's there's scenes where it's and it's like especially if you listen to it as an audiobook it's like you got to make sure it's turned off before someone else gets in your car because if it starts playing when somebody gets in your car they're going to have questions that you don't have answers to <laughs> but aside from that it's just if you can get past there's it's it's and I hate to use this because it is just a beautiful piece of fiction, but there's definitely some almost, like, shock value scenes that I feel like you could do without. And again, it's like if you get 22 hours of audiobook, you're going to have some filler. I get it. Not everyone can be George R.R. R. Martin, but I highly recommend it. It's 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 my favorite book. It's, it's I think, my favorite piece of fiction. And again, like, if you'd asked me this on a different day, we could have had a completely different answer. Right. Answers because, Answer this question changes all the time right. for me Tyler's, and for everyone. And this is all. This is where we come to heads on the show. It's like Tyler's all about like, oh man, I don't even want to put stuff in like a top ten list. Like, it's so it's just all subjective. And I'm like, not nah, hard answer. Let's go. Whatever. <laughs> I'll say it's today. I might disagree with it tomorrow. But you know what? On that day, that was my favorite piece of fiction. Right. You don't deliberate too much about it. <laughs> yeah, and that was the thing is, like I said, you, when you asked me the question, I was like, I could. This could ruin me. I could allow this to ruin my week. I'm not going to. <laughs> Well, I'm, I'm going to pick something, I'm going to stick with it, and I'm happy with that decision. I'm glad I didn't ruin your week. I'm sorry that I ruined Tyler's. I'll tell him when he comes on. Uh, oh, I don't think you ruined Tyler's. I think he's just fine. I think he loves questions like that. I think so, too. <laughs> he can he can pretend that they stress him out all he wants, but it just doesn't. He just loves it. Right. Okay, so to, to close out the episode, I just have some rapid-fire questions. These don't have okay. to do with American Gods, just whatever comes to your mind first. Go for it. So we'll just start with, what is your favorite fictional protagonist? Favorite fictional protagonist? Actually, I'm, I'm going to go... I'm going to go back to my original uh, favorite book, and I'm going to say Quentin Jacobson from Paper Towns by John Green, because he um, is just a total idiot at the beginning of the book, and I, I, I relate to him so hard, and I always have ever since I read the book when I was like 14, and that book helped me get through a lot of things and a lot of problems, and, and I still see myself a lot in that character, and I see myself a lot in, in the end of the book character now. Favorite villain. Favorite villain. Whew. The iceberg from the Titanic. <laughs> Perfect. I'm kidding, obviously. <laughs> um. Oh man, favorite villain. That's such a big question. Like ever in all things. Yes. <laughs> oh, now that's a big question. I have no idea, man. I okay. I I want to say. Hmm. I really don't know. That's there's okay. so many this? great. There's so many great ones because which like, one scared you as a kid? Then which one scared me as a kid? Mm, probably Vader. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, or or uh, Emperor Palpatine in the in the in the prequels. Both oh, equally yeah. horrifying. Right. When I was like a youngin. Right. Okay. Um. Or or the Velociraptors in Jurassic Park. Oh but yeah. I have. Um. I don't believe that they're villains. Right. The humans are the villains. The humans it's are the a, villains. Absolutely, John. Monster, John Hammond is probably my favorite villain. That's one where I, I might like the movie more than the book on that one. I like the book. Oh, but... that is a that is a yeah. You're absolutely right on that one. Holy man. Yeah. No books. Book is great. Book is a little bit dense. I think movie is perfect. Because Spielberg often takes books for his movies, but they're often slightly lesser known. Uh, not that Jurassic Park was slightly lesser known, but like Jaws was slightly lesser known. And so I think he has a good he has a good eye for books that are possibly better as movies than they I, and I, I have not read Jaws the book but I, I cannot either. imagine a world in which Jaws the book is better than Jaws the movie no way I mean even the fact that there's no John Williams in the book that's enough to right to sell the movie 
it's just like I don't know, man. I, I now I want to read Jaws the book. I forgot it was a book, but yeah, I don't picture a world in which Jaws the book is better. Right. Yeah, I doubt it. I haven't read it either, but I I doubt it. But now now Steven Spielberg also made the Ready Player One movie. That's a fair point. Which yeah, good point. Good point. I'll just leave that there. <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm gonna leave it right there. Take that as you will, listener. There you go. Okay, what story makes you laugh more than any other? So what book or movie? Story makes me laugh more than any other. Man, these are great questions. Thank you. Whew. I'm gonna have to go with the movie Airplane. Oh, great choice. It's just it it, it never stops getting me. Every ever. Time. It's like I've seen it so many times, and I get a new joke every time. Right, the older you get, the more of the jokes that you get. <laughs> well, and it's like I was I was famous for uh being like 22 years old. The first time I understood that like it's an entirely different kind of flying altogether. <laughs> Joke. Oh, that's great. I love that movie. That's a good one. I love that movie so much. Okay, what story makes you cry more than any other? Oh, Field of Dreams. Oh, yes. Easy. Hard Easy. Agree. I have not I literally have not watched it uh since before my dad passed. Yeah. And I cannot even imagine now. Right. Oh yeah, no, I, I totally get that. That's one that yeah. I watch every Father's Day and then I like instantly regret it every Father's Day, but Oh yeah, yeah. easy, easy question. I love that movie dearly. It's so fantastic. It's but, so good. I know this is um, something you and I share is that the love of the baseball movie even more than baseball itself. Oh, for sure. Especially Kevin Costner baseball movies. Right. Can't get enough of them. Right. Okay. What's the most 80s movie ever made? The most 80s movie ever made. Yeah. Ooh. Probably Back to the Future. Probably Back to the Future. Or or one of one of the Hughes movies that isn't Ferris Bueller. Mm, okay. Maybe The Breakfast Club. Maybe 16 Candles. Yeah. Okay. Favorite movie soundtrack. Favorite movie soundtrack? Yeah. Jurassic Park. Oh, yes. Uh, it was just, I think it was, and I again, you can look at every episode of Bacon and Eggs that I've done about a John Williams scored movie, and I've said this, but I truly think that is peak Williams. And now I just hear Tyler trying to do it in the taco taco lyrics in my head. Because but... it's you take everything you learned from Star Wars, everything he learned from Indiana Jones, everything you learned from Jaws, and just smoosh it together. Right. Yeah, no, that soundtrack is perfect. I agree. I went to, Valerie and I went to a, like a John Williams Appreciation Orchestra concert, which was amazing. Um, and they had all kinds of, you know, Star Wars, Indiana Jones. They had some of maybe his lesser known stuff. And there was no Jurassic Park on the playlist. That's crazy. And it was a travesty. That's crazy. It was bad. It was really bad. I mean, they could have just like thrown the tune in somewhere, you know, take, take 10 seconds, play the main theme at least, but no. Right. That, that movie has two beautiful major themes in it. Right. And they didn't play either of them. It was upsetting. Oh, man. It was a great, great concert. But that was the one downside was sitting there waiting for Jurassic Park and it never came. For sure. Okay. What is your favorite black and white movie? Oh, that's a big question. Favorite black and white movie. Psycho. Oh, yeah. Good choice. Yeah. Um, and I love that one because they had the option to make it in color and chose not to. And I think it would have ruined it had they made it in color. I think it would have been... There, there's something more gruesome somehow about blood in black and white. I don't know how. Oh, to absolutely, that, but. absolutely. Because it, it it always it doesn't look fake in black and white, and it always looks, especially right. in movies before like 1990, it always looks fake in color. Good point. All right, last one. Okay. And this is this is pretty specific to you. If you could travel anywhere with any band to be their photographer, what place? What band? Wow, wow, that is a big, big question. <laughs> I would want to do a tour of Europe, specifically continental Europe, with the band Bleachers. Oh, interesting. Why is that? Um, they're, so they're, they're, they're 
one of my all-time favorite bands, and it, they they put on such an electric live show. And apparently, their live shows in Europe are just like apparently something about the band clicks with a European audience the way it does it. And and, and shows in Europe are crazy. It's it's big festivals and things that we just don't have here. There's just different kinds of venues in Europe. There's a whole different touring scene that we just don't have here. Yeah. All of our venues are, are newer and, and sort of more established, and it's a lot different there. It's like, it's, you know, there's there's crazy stories if you read memoirs from different bands. Like, uh, I know uh, Henry Rollins from Black Flag talked about this, but like going to countries like Poland and playing shows is just an incredible experience. And they're one of my favorite bands. They help me through a lot of things, and I just, they're a band I deeply want to get to photograph. That's awesome. I love it. All right. Well, Ethan, thank you so, so much for, for coming on to Hello from Elsewhere. Letting me it has been interview. an absolute pleasure. I, like I said before, I don't know if we were recording yet, but like I would just talk to you for hours, but I don't have time to edit hours. <laughs> I know. I feel you. You're so busy. You're doing grad school. You have like a million children. You're about to bunker down for the winter, I imagine. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's gonna, has it snowed yet? Soon. Not quite. It's supposed to snow this week. Oh, man. I'm so yeah. jealous. <laughs> yeah, oh, I cannot describe in human words how jealous I am of you. It, it's like it's really nice in November and December, but come January, February, it's the worst. I'll oh, no. Yeah. That. I wouldn't want to live there. <laughs> I just want to come visit, visit for like a November snow. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> just just come visit us for like a month and you'll love it. Oh, I'm sure. Thank you so much, Ethan. Where can people find you on social media? So I'm on Instagram at Edge Hill Photos, E-D-G-H-I-L-L, no second E. And I'm on Twitter at WowNow, that's W-0-W-N-0-W. As well as you can find my podcast anywhere podcasts are sold, Bacon and Eggs, a movie lover's podcast, and we are Bacon and Eggs Pod everywhere on the internet. Check out my Instagram. It's kind of popping off right now. Probably still, whenever this episode comes out, got some good stuff coming. Yeah, I love it. I love your Instagram. It's it's amazing, and uh, I highly, highly recommend it. Yeah, um, as we're recording this, I just got back from Canada, took some of my favorite shots that I'm excited about, and uh, I actually just spent this morning uh, gallivanting around and, and enjoying the fall weather awesome i love it all right well thank you so much and uh, absolutely we'll we'll see you later see you case 